Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Let's Talk About Brand was initially broadcast as a live stream in 2020. It has been edited from its original format. I'm Christine Gritman, and this is Let's Talk About Brand. I do the show every single Friday at 12 noon Eastern time, where I bring on a smart friend to, guess what, talk about brand. And uh, this is also a partner to my Twitter chat on Tuesdays, Chat About Brand, and you'll be seeing some pop-ups from that chat um, during this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about branding with expertise. My guest today is Ramon Ray of Smart hustle. Ramon has really, really done a great job of branding with expertise. Um, he actually started, we're going to talk about his whole journey when he's on, but we start. he kind of started in the tech sector and then it became about small business tech. And now he is a renowned expert, not only in tech, but also in small businesses, their needs, business in general, and marketing. He has worked at the United Nations. He has spoken at the White House. He's interviewed President Obama. He's testified before Congress. He runs an amazing conference every year. He has a whole community of uh, smart hustlers, small businesses. And he also is a very, very in-demand speaker all over the world. We're so lucky to have him right here with us today. I'm going to bring him on right now. Hey, Ramon, how are you doing? Hey, Christine, I'm doing fantastically well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And kudos to you, Christine, because you have my full name correct. 99% of the people call me Raymond. As you know, it's Ramon. I don't get offended by that. And you got everything just right. So thank you. Well, I met you in person before I met you online, so that is certainly an advantage. Uh, we met in Mawa, New Jersey, right. and I forgot to mention during your intro that you've also written four books, including The Celebrity CEO, which is fabulous, and I love the color of the book. Yes. <laughs> it's very on-brand for me, and it's very on-brand for you, because look at you looking all dapper on the cover there. I try. I, try. I, even, I even put this beautiful, nice shirt on just for you, Christine. Once we're done here, the shirt comes off. But for you and your community, I even put a collared shirt on. It's not that kind of show, Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> just a smidge to the right, so you're in the, so you're okay. in the thingy there. Sure. Uh, one way I do almost screw up your name a few times, though, is I have a friend, Linda Ray, and she's R-E-Y. Ah. But you're R-A-Y, like a ray of sunshine. Okay. All right, so let us jump in. I got a lot of questions for you on the chat okay. uh, this week. So I actually am going to devote more time to that, but that's at the end. First, sure. first, it's my time. So I'm going to talk to you about, we're talking about branding with expertise. Uh, expert has become kind of a diluted buzzword, but the fact is it does still have some meaning. What does expertise mean to you? To What is an expert? Yeah. I think, one, you can definitely fake expertise. As we know, we probably have friends, family, and and enemies who fake their expertise. Uh, But putting those good people aside, I think expertise, uh, two or three things come to mind. I think, one, there's some bit of longevity to it. You've usually done it for 
some period of time. I'm not going to say the period of yeah. time because it's not so relevant. Some period of time. I think, two, you're a student of it. Uh, nice. You wake up and that's all you think about. I think of my son. Previously, he was uh, into the dating scene, helping guys get girls. Oh, I love and that. Yeah, he's a master of it. He's studied it and studied it. So I think some level of of uh, study about it. And then three, I think that you're just, Christine, you're so comfortable with it that people ask you a question. They wake you up in the middle of the night. You know, tell us all about social media, Christine. You can <laughs> do it without thinking and go back to sleep. So I think that's kind of some things I think of when I think of expertise. So like that confidence element. You got it. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So as I mentioned briefly in the intro, you initially, uh, you didn't start out specifically being like, I'm going to be about small business marketing and all this stuff. You started out with building your name for yourself and building your expertise in the technology sector. Can you tell right. us a little bit about not only how you started in that world, but also how you built a name for yourself in sure. that world? Yeah, no, in April 1999, I think it was, according to the records that are public, I, <laughs> I got the domain uh, smallbiztechnology.com. Nice. Uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> and that's more Good of guess. a metaphor and a harbinger, if that's the English word. Just my desire then, clearly where I went, for whatever reason, small business and tech. Uh, Christine, right then I started using Microsoft front page. I doubt 80% of your audience may not even know what that is. I've used front page. Yeah. <laughs> So I use Microsoft front page, saved it three times a day, FTP'd it up, you know, oh, yeah. a few times a day. And that was my blog. So at the time, Christine, for whatever reason, you know, everybody, God puts whatever in our heads or, you know, whatever one believes. But I just love tech. I had that techie slant in me. It wasn't finance. It wasn't mindset. It wasn't leadership. And I loved small business, maybe working in the small office I was in at the time. So I would blog uh, several times a day. I did start doing interviews. And, and to answer the second part of your question, which is I still think what works today, Christine, I just did it over and over and over. And of course, back then, there's less people doing that then than there is today. Yeah. And over time, I became known as the lead, one of the leading voices of tech for small businesses. And what That's does tech for small businesses mean in that context? Yeah, I think what it means is this. I think for large, large brands, let's take today, for example, not back then, they're dealing with big AI implementations. You know, how can we move 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 people to remote home office? Things like that. I think for us smaller businesses, it's as simple as which printer should I use? Yeah. It's as simple as that, you know, is my router secure in my closet? Things like that, which should I have one monitor or two? So I think it's really things for the small business that's one, two, three, four, five people, couple hundred thousand to two, three, four, five million in sales, if that's helpful. So I think that's when I think of tech for the small business, the headphones I have here, you know, which ones are good for audio quality or not like that. I love that. So as you said, part of how you kind of stood out in that space is because people weren't really doing it right. yet. How And so I imagine part of how you were able to sort of maintain that is because you had that sort of social proof backed yes. up. Uh, what are some opportunities that came your way at that point that enabled you? Because of course, not only does being known as, a, it's kind of almost a catch-22, uh, those visibility opportunities help establish expertise, but you've got to have established some expertise yeah. So can you tell us sort of a little bit of how that built up for you? Yeah, sure. I can give some anecdotes and you let me know if I'm answering the question. If Go not, for it. feel free to, you know, but I think one, one of the highlights when I was the tech person at the time, uh, before I kind of merged or, or transformed whatever word to use, is I got to host an event with Michael Dell launching mm -hmm. Dell Vostro Computers. There so, is a Dell? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
<laughs> yes, Michael Dell, founder of Dell. So that was pretty cool. And I remember what it was. I was on the train, or I can't remember exactly how it happened, Christine, but I know that they were telling me, giving me a press release. Hey, Ramon, we're launching a product. I'm like, can I interview Michael Dell? Of course not, Ramon. You're not, you know, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Hours later, you know, Ramon, huh, but you are small biz technology. Could you open the event for Michael Dell? I'm like, yes. So <laughs> that was one highlight. If you want, I can give you a low light, like a low portion too, if you want. I would love to hear that. <laughs> I was at CES, Christine. Mm -hmm. Big trade show where gazillions of people covering everything in the planet was. And this was when I was a new blogger out and you're in this, you know, we're in this similar world of blogging and engagements. And um, it could have been actually Michael Dell there as well at the time. But the point is some big executive had finished speaking on stage. Now I was in the audience with the regular people. But as you may know, if you have a press pass, you kind of have some special access. Yeah. You're waiting in the back for the guy or gal to finish speaking. I didn't know that. So after the person finished, I stood up in front of everybody, thousands of people. Hi, excuse me. I have a question. Aww. I'll never forget. They looked down at me, you know, the big stages in CES and these big events. <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't a negative thing personally towards me, but... It was the wrong, inappropriate thing. So that's one of my lowlights, being a new blogger and new person. But I th hope the lesson is for those listening. My whole life has been, Christine, and I know you have this similar ethos, I think. Just go do it. I'm yeah. embarrassed myself. It's okay. Let's just do it. Oh, I so. like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so um, you have your ex your expertise and the opportunities and the visibility and the, you know, constantly bringing it and delivering on that expertise uh, has led you a few interesting places. And there's there's two in particular I want to talk about. One of them okay. is that you actually testified before the United States Congress. Mm -hmm. um, how does that, ha what were you testifying on? How did they know to bring you in? I would love to hear that because that sure. is a real mark of expertise there. If, if you're like literally advising the government, at yeah. least it used to be a mark of expertise. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. And it was, that was another incident that I, I wouldn't say, I don't think anything happens by chance per se, but as what Damon John or some others say that you put yourself in the right position to make good luck happen, nice. if that kind of makes sense. So I think basically how it happened is that um, for some reason, I was talking to someone from the U.S. Congress about covering them, interviewing them, something like that. Not a congressperson, but one of their staffers. So that happened, let's say, on a Monday or Tuesday, whatever the time frame. Days later, I get a call back saying, Ramon, by the way, we were talking to you about X, but it so happens that what they told me, Marcus Lemonis was scheduled to testify, the guy of the prophet. He can't be here. Based on our quick search, it seems like maybe you're not him, but you could fit the bill and testify. I love how you're his understudy. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> sure, I can testify. Didn't even know what they wanted. I was just like, yes. <laughs> just take the opportunity. Yes. And that's what happened. <laughs> Lo and behold, it was me, even uh, uh, me, um, Melinda Emerson, who some may know on this, um, and uh, 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 Susan and some others. J.J. Ramberg, MSNBC TV at the time. She has a show called Your Business. So the four of us were testifying to Congress about how the government can help small business. And it was an honor. <laughs> wow. Do you remember some of what you said or is it just a blur? No, I do remember vaguely. I mean, the bottom, I think some, I think, hearings uh, are a little more serious, you know, mm -hmm. really hardcore stats and et cetera. And I think every hearing is serious. Yeah. But I think this one was they wanted the, – the, these um, uh, elected officials are busy. 
and they, they're not experts, deep experts in anything, not in a bad way. That's not their job. Their job is to get a big, high-level sense of where something's going and make a decision for their constituents. So my job there was to explain why small businesses are important. In particular, I focused on SCORE. And I said, here's why SCORE, the free government service, why I think you should support SCORE and keep funding SCORE because we small businesses need it. So that was my seven minutes of fame, kind of what I focused on, why SCORE is important. Well, you've had more than seven minutes of fame, including in Washington, D.C. So that's the next thing I'm going to ask about. It's sort of a two-parter, and I don't know if they're connected to the Congress thing or not. So that's another question you can answer. But you interviewed President Barack Obama in his first live stream. Mm -hmm. That's right. So how did that come to be? Yeah. Well, we were neighbors and we were hanging out. We played basketball together. And when he was elected, he was like, yo, Ramon, he called me RR. <laughs> he said, could you know, and I was like, yo, I called him B at the time. Uh, and I just did it. We, you had right. me there for a second. For a second, I was like, did Ramon live in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was another great team. So the interviewing the president, that was really cool, Christine. Uh, Google had a contest where they had uh, a call out for Americans to say, hey, who wants to interview the president? And um, to my understanding, as I recall at the time, 300,000 people applied to interview Barack Obama during his about first or first or second year or so in office. And this was a kind of a thing probably between Google and YouTube and the White House or something. I applied. And lo and behold, I went through a series of interviews, your policies and the Republican Democrat, what are you going to have to present all these things? Me and four other Americans got the chance to interview him. And my question was focused on um, the aspect of um, at the time, and people can fact check it, uh, I think there was a thing that he was going to combine the various departments of the U.S. government together. And I was just, again, Christine, part, going to brand, this helps people and you can help me unpack this. It's not so much the question that's important, but the context. So meaning I could have asked him anything, but I figured, ah, this is in the news. He'll probably want a chance to clarify this because small business is big. So I said, you know, dear President Obama, why are you going to like, why are you making small business not important and blending them all together? That was the essence. It got him a chance to say, no, Ramon, you know, small business is important and blah, blah, blah. So that kind of makes sense what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You asked a question that you knew he'd have a vested interest in responding to in a very complete way. It was also very on brand for you. You asked him about something that really is in your wheelhouse of expertise. That's right. I was thinking of talking to him about, you know, fisheries or wildfires or, you know, uh, women's health or something. But I figured, you know, Ramon's small business. Let me focus on my area of expertise. <laughs> I love that. And then I'm, I'm sure when people went to look you up after seeing you during that, they found more of that. It, it cemented the impression that you had already put in there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. 
to that end of cementing that impression of uh, being small, being about brands and small business and all of that, you were actually brought into the White House to consult. So can we talk about that highly relevant topic that you were consulting on? (laughs) It is highly relevant. I got a letter. I may have got a call first, but I think I have a letter somewhere in a box to my right right there. (laughs) I'd have it framed. Exactly. I should. But I have a letter from Robert Mueller framed, actually. I have that letter framed Wow. from me being a graduate of the FBI Citizens Academy. But I digress. Um, so I got a letter from the office of the president. He didn't president. make you testify, right? Uh, no, he did not. No, <laughs> no handcuffs, no indictment, nothing like that. Good call. Um, but uh, well, so the letter from the office of the president, basically a group of the president's staff, the executive office, uh, as they were determining if they were going to be in office or not. This must have been, I guess, his first term or second term. Don't have the exact period in my head. Mm-hmm. But uh, they said, Ramon, you're a personal branding person. They could have seen it from my testimony to Congress. But again, I'm not the best person with dates, but all this people can look up. And uh, bottom line, I came there in about half a day, a couple hours, taught them the aspects of personal branding. Because I think I was surprised, Christine, why would they want me there? But I realized, even though these are government officials, they're going to be looking for jobs at some point. They're going to want to be consultants. They're going to want to be on TV. You know, you have that. uh, It's not a lobbyist thing or bad, but sometimes you're serving government and lockdown things you can do and can't do. Some things you're out as a regular civilian. So when they become a regular civilian, as it were, they're going to need to have their personal brand. And they called me to help give them some advice. So it was cool. We went to the we we had I think there's the White House and there's a building next to the White House called the old executive office building. So I was teaching the old executive office building. Then we went to the White House. Did you get to bowl? I did not get to do that. No. (laughs) (laughs) So so what are some of the things you told them about personal branding? Yeah, some of the key things I think are what what I'll share today, I think, is that I think there's a few components that are important for personal branding. I think, A, to make a decision, is it about the corporate brand or is it about you as a person? I personally think, yes, the headphone, Bose headphones or Agora Pulse, your sponsor, right? You can have it about the corporate brand, but I think for us small businesses, as Christine does so well, maybe the company name is Gritman LLC and, and Cats or something. <laughs> People don't care about that. We just know the beautiful image of Christine Gritman, what she shows up every day exactly, and, and her image and her colors and what she talks about. So my point is personal branding, what I explained to them, that's the essence of it. One, it's repetition. I think two, it's frequency. I think three, it's consistency over and over and over. And that's all you talk about. Four, it has a bit to your visual image. It doesn't have to be, but as me and Christine clearly knows, that visual identity as people are scrolling, oh, there's Christine again. So I think those are a few elements why personal branding is important, not just the corporate brand, personal branding, I think. I love that so much. Um, I'm going to move actually earlier than I normally do into the audience questions from last week's, I mean, from Tuesday's Twitter chat. I also highly encourage people in the the comments to ask questions. Tim actually has one, which is for non-Americans, what is SCORE? If you could just answer that real quick. Yes, SCORE, uh, what it stands for, used to stand for Service Corps Retired Executives, but basically it's a free government service, our taxes pay for it, but free for U.S. citizens, where you can get consulting help for your small business. You can go in there. Historically, they've been old men and women. Hey, son, how are you? I started four companies, sold 10 of them. I'm a billionaire. What do you need to know? I was the head of the CMO at Kodak. I built Sears. People like that. Good wow. people. Really good people. <laughs> and that's an incredible... Uh resource. Yes, it is. is. Score.org. Those who want to know score.org, it's all free. Awesome. All right. You touched on this before, but you may have another story about it. I don't know, but 
Uh, Dewey wants to know, everyone makes a mistake. So which mistake have you made in the past that you learned the most from or value the most? Wow. And I've made a lot of them. I think uh, I'll give, I'll list a few. If you haven't, you them, haven't tried anything. Yeah. And all of them I haven't learned from, Christine. But I think one is I'm very compulsive. That's my biggest, biggest problem. I say yes fast without thought. That's one. I think two, I'll give a tactical example. As you know, Christine, I do events. That's one thing I do. I'm not a consultant. You know, you have amazing clients who work with you. For me, we all have clients one way or another, but not quite one-on-ones. Yeah. But I do events. That's a large part of my revenue. So I figured, hey, I do events in New York City area. I get hundreds of people at my events locally. Absolutely. I can fly 2,000 miles west of California. Same playbook. Because I'm Ramon. Everybody's just going to come. Right? I took about, hello, <laughs> $50,000 investment, give or take, did my event because everybody's going to come. Christine, totally Zippo failure. I've had that exact experience. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Right. You think that, hey, I did it. Whatever the metaphor means, X location. I'm Christine. I'm Ramon. Clearly, if I do it just a little different here. So this doesn't mean it couldn't happen, but due to a variety of levers I didn't do right and all that. So I think that's the biggest lesson learned is that just because you think, you know, hey, whatever the silly example, you know, I can do it. I'm doing it with green balloons. I can do the same thing with red balloons or in your case, you could red balloons, but purple balloons may not work. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a really good insight. All right. Another question is, what did you do to kind of shift the needle the most when it came to being known and respected by people as an expert? I hope y'all don't mind me saying this. Oh, it's boy. something that Christine has probably told you for 10,000 times. So don't be like, yeah, Ramon, right. I'm just telling you, social media. This is just it. I, As you all know, and Christine does the same playbook, an inordinate, I think of the English word, amount of social media all the time. Now, why it works, I think, I'd like to think, is that it's varied, it's different, it's fun, it's engaging. I shine a light on others. I shine a light on myself. So it's a variety. It's always interesting. But for me, and I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. You can use facts if you want. Send U.S. postal cards. Do what you want. But I found, Christine and those who asked, and thank you for the questions, it's social media. Is that really it's an inordinate amount of just uh, sharing my message, sharing my message, building my fan base, building my community. And for me, it works every day. I love that. You knew I'd love that answer. I love social media. You can communicate directly. You can communicate whatever you want. You're in control of the message. Um, so Anu would like to know if your definition of personal success and your mm -hmm. motivation has changed over time. It's a good question. And again, this gets very personal. So we'll see uh, a new, I think it was who asked it. And thank you for asking it. We'll see if this answers the question or not. I think, um, so I'm, I'm almost 50. I have two adult children, been married for about 27 or so years. Um, so I think when you have smaller children, for example, and this is just a metaphor. I'll try to answer this briefly. Christine, feel free to shut me up anytime. But, um, you know, at, at one stage in your life, you're thinking of your kids, your kids, your kids. And I think you'll always do that. But now that I'm older, my children, as it were, are not so dependent on me. So my definition of success shifts in that way. Answering it a different way, I think for me, success is that um, how can I be happy and serve others? That's a second definition it could be give. But I do want to say one last point, Christine. I was talking to an entrepreneur about this. What makes you happy? What dollar number do you want? They pushed back. No, it's not a dollar number. I just want to live life happy. The reason why I said a dollar number is because I think that helps to service some metric of of what you can do with that. So I hope that gives you maybe a there's a better way to unpack it. What's that, Christine? It gives you a goal. Yes. You know what exactly. you're working towards. You know where yes. the map is ending. Correct. I love that. All right. So um, 
Swastika would love to know your favorite smart hustle story. Hmm, However you well, want to define that. Okay. Um, one just happened, and this is a live show today. You can look on my LinkedIn. Is that um, I love... Um, oh, boy. <laughs> I cry very easily, Christine. So oh. easily. I cried the top of a hat. But um, I think there are so many people who are lonely. So many people who need to be inspired. Um, I can't spell well, Christine. I can't. I slur over my words sometimes in speeches. But so what I'm trying to get at, let me get to the point. I just, uh, my mind, I'm, I'm also a very unfocused person. So bottom line is, uh, if I can, and this is just one example of who I am. I love taking stuff and sending it to people. That's just it. So I package something to somebody in the UK. That package cost me, I think it was like $40 something. I didn't realize UK was that expensive. And I was half tempted to say, oh, no, 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 only in the US. Like, we're going to get the $5 special. Mm -hmm. But I said, go for it. So seeing the joy of her opening that box. So my point is, I forgot the question, but that's what gets me. <laughs> the, it's the about your favorite smart hustle story. Oh, yes. And it's about that's one of my story. That, that's my story. To delight and surprise my audience. That's I love that so much. I love that. And in fact, you sent me a pair of Mickey Mouse socks. Yes. That's the kind of thing I love. <laughs> I, I need to put that. Those are going on my Instagram story today. Alongside your book. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, all right. Uh, another question we have here, which actually relates to that. Okay. You look so darn dapper all the time, Mr. Ramon Ray. And Laura would like to know, how did you develop your personal brand? And she says you look amazing. So those two well, kind of related. Thank you. I'm <laughs> blushing brown. Thank you very much, Laura. I receive that, and thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think for me, um, it's not always a choice. I'm not the most thoughtful person. I think some things grow on you. Uh, but I will say one thing if it's helpful, not to touch too many other areas, but I am cognizant of who I am. Very cognizant of the skin that I'm in. Who are you? And, and well, I, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to finish this statement and I'll tell you who I am. Very cognizant of that. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I always want to be not a bit better, but I always want to be as sharp as I can for the occasion. I'm not putting a whole tie on today where, you know, it's an online show, right? But I'm cognizant of some guys or gals, maybe they can dress a bit different. That's their style also. But for me... I think that the, the image the image you have is important because people may not give you a chance when they're seeing you walk towards them. They're just seeing one image. And I think if I can upscale that a bit, I'll have an edge. If that's helpful. I love that. Yeah. When I think of you, I think of a shirt that's not a plain white colored shirt. I think of a color and I think of a, a contrasting color tie like that's orange me. and a vest. You got it. That's that, that, Christine. You can't you, you can't go. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love no, you're it. so true yeah. you've got to look it it works um i am going to okay so then the next two are more are more personal but not private okay. personal public no personal problem. any questions fine marianne has a two-parter i'm actually okay. going to ask the second part first okay so the second part of marianne's question is what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given and why and then we'll get to the other part okay Ah, uh, well, I've, I've gotten so much advice and a shout out to my friend Yaakov Yurinsky with a W. You can look his name up. But so I think there's not been one best piece of advice, but I think that some things I can think, well, you know what? I'll give one piece of advice. This is my days at the United Nations um, from my uh, my um, Hindu guru, I call him, Mr. Chidambaranathan. And with a thick Indian accent, 
Ramon, you need to slow down. You rush too much. Don't write the email today. Ramon, no, 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 no. Ramon, don't write the email now. Sleep on it because you're angry. You're angry, Ramon. Slow down. Wow. And I say that with that accent in love. One of my good friends, he, he passed away. You know, he's a very old man. Oh, but sorry. his name was Mr. Chidambaranathan. And I think that was the best to slow down because I'm, I'm compulsive. I rush. So when you're angry, as our mothers or fathers have told us, sometimes, you know, you are you're, you're, whatever you're going to do because you're angry. Okay, Christine, calm down. Christine, sleep on it over the Friday before you type that tweet out to that troller. Sleep on it, Christine. Yeah. And you may say it different on Monday. And we've both been married a while. You said you've been married, what is it, 27 years, you 20, said? Yeah, about 27 years. Wow, my goodness, you must have been a baby. Um, and, I I, and I'm coming up on 12 years next month. So that is also a good piece of marital advice, I got to say. Yes. <laughs> right, because right. if you hold it right, nothing's no, no Marathon, harm done. Marathon, not a sprint, not every right. fight needs to be had. That's right. You mm -hmm. say it, though, it, it could last for years to haunt you. Mm. Um, so one thing that you don't rush on is you don't rush to take your pancakes off the griddle. So this is the other part that both Marianne and Rhonda would like to know. Why burnt pancakes specifically? And do you like other foods burnt as well? Like burnt marshmallows, burnt bacon? I love this. Do I have about a minute or two to unpack this, yes. Christine? Because this is one of the most important questions you asked me this whole interview. That's I mean, all that I think so. This is all that matters. So there is nothing more special then waking up on a Saturday morning when the house is asleep, it's a bit dark outside, with a glass of cold milk, five slices of bacon, a bottle of high fructose corn syrup, which I only do once every two weeks. Don't judge me, everybody. <laughs> and when you take that knife, Christine, pretend this is a butter knife, and you hear that <laughs> as you cut burnt pancakes that have to be darker than the back of my hand, there's just there's just nothing like this, Christine. So when you go to IHOP, they give you pancakes that look like you, Christine. Yeah. Now, I don't and, and I don't want Irish pancakes, pancakes looking like that. Yeah. <laughs> I want my pancakes looking darker than me, so I gotta make it myself. I'm just having fun. But the point is, yes, I like burnt pancakes, nothing else burnt, mm -hmm. but I just like that taste of it. And they don't have to be. I don't want them like smoking. But the point is crisp. There's a textural contrast. Curve. Yes. The textural like. contrast. You don't want the outside to feel fluffy and soft. Exactly. And some, most 90% of Americans probably like that. You know, you have the whipped cream and all that and blueberries and blackberries and put peanut butter on it. No, 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 no. All right. Ramon, before, before we sign off, uh, Amanda wants to know your favorite song to play on the piano. Hmm. I'm not a uh, too much a song person, but I will say I could go with Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. So... Classic. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Ramon Ray. Where can people find you? Where should people find you and why? Best place is RamonRay.com. You can download the 10 slides people ask me all the time. I have a weekly Thursday 2 p.m. email and I'm friends with Christine. So RamonRay.com is the best place to go. And Christine, you are awesome. I just want to give a prop to you. Everybody, I hope you retweet this. Hang out with Christine's shows, what she's doing when you see that awesome red, beautiful imagery and her beautiful smiling face. Make sure you support what Christine's doing because she's legit off the chain. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Ramon. You are amazing. I'm so honored that you were here. <laughs> and everyone should also actually go pick up The Celebrity CEO, which is Ramon's awesome book. He has four books, actually, but this one is red, so it's obviously the best one. Speaking of books, next Tuesday, I have a very special uh, chat about brand, about branding a collaboration. Because, of course, 
collaborations can be tricky, right? You want to make sure you're collaborating with the right people. You want to make sure you divide up the work evenly and the glory, all that. And it gets that much more complicated when you have four people with very strong personal brands. So on Friday, this same bat time, same bat channel, we've got the 360, <laughs> I can't do the fan away thing in mirror, but we've got the 360 marketing squad, AKA Mike Alton, Jen Herman, Stephanie Liu, and Amanda Robinson coming on the show next Friday to talk about branding a collab. So definitely come join us for that. I'm Christine Gritman. This is Let's Talk About Brand. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.